Here we are towards the end of February, and yet there's open water on a bunch of the bass ponds around town here in Colorado. But how are we going to catch those bass? We're going to talk about it on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. Hey guys, Chad Lachance here. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. Of course, brought to you as always by the fine folks at Sportsman's Warehouse. Visit them at sportsmans.com or any one of 142 stores nationwide. I get all of my outdoor stuff there and, uh, and I have for decades. So guys, it's February. It's the middle of February, almost the end of February, actually. And it is, I'm in Colorado. I'm in northern Colorado, no less. I'm in the foothills of the mountains. And it was pushing 60 degrees today. It's going to be so for the next two days. And of all the crazy things, the lakes that were frozen in January are now thawing in February before we're even anywhere close to what would be a normal springtime warm-up season. So... It's, it's an unusual situation in general that the lakes have, have opened up this much, but there's, at least in my neck of the woods, up and down the front range of Colorado, there is a lot of open water right now. And uh, the big lakes are actually still partially frozen. Some are not, but there's at least half ice. Like my home lake has got half ice and half open water, but that open water is very fishable. A lot of the, the ponds around town and where I live, there's a lot of ponds, so tons of different ponds, gravel quarries, reclaimed gravel quarries up and down the, the whole front range of Colorado. And they're all decent little bass ponds, some better than others, but they all have, have decent populations of bass in them. CPW, Colorado Parks and Wildlife, makes sure that they do. And most of those are open right now, which is a little bit strange for sure. No doubt about that. I've got lilac bushes that are trying to bud. I've got deer that are shedding uh, their winter coats. So it's uh, been an unusual uh, February for sure. So I thought I'd address a little bit how to deal with really cold water bass. And some of you out there are cringing right now. Oh boy, here he's going to go off on a jerkbait tangent because every magazine and website and whatever in the world is talking about, oh, it's jerkbait season, it's jerkbait season. And I get it, but it's not jerkbait season yet, in my opinion, because the water temperatures for me to get really going on a jerkbait season for, for larger smallmouth bass, I really want to see water in the 50s if possible. Um, not in the in the high 30s and i haven't tempted all these ponds around town so don't take that as the gospel but i pretty much guarantee that it that they're going to be somewhere in the high 30s uh maybe maybe low 40s and that's got bass very very lethargic so and the reason i want to talk about bass is specifically is because they're the predominant species in the ponds around the trout uh, in lakes and things like that around here. There's tons and tons of trout in all these lakes around here. They're not really any different to catch right now. In fact, they're probably easier to catch right now than, than some other species. The walleyes aren't necessarily accessible because they're in the biggest reservoirs and those are still at least partially frozen. We can't get to them with a boat and they're not really bank oriented. So the reason I chose to talk about bass for this podcast is for one, they are the accessible choice for people that are uh, a little bit of a um, what would I say, a little bit of a novelty for this time of year, for one. And then for two, they're the ones I've gotten questions about over the last week as this weather comes around. So that's why I'm addressing bass specifically. But having said that, some of the same stuff I'm talking about would apply to some other species. And the first thing that, that I'm going to say about a jerkbait, let's say, is... Um, 
if you are going to fish a jerk bait this time of year, it's going to have to be on a very long pause, most likely. And the reason I say that is I have had very poor success in sub 40 degree water working a jerk bait, anything other than molasses slow because they just don't seem to have the metabolism. And I'm the biggest jerkbait guy out there. They're, I guarantee you we're not going to find anybody that's more addicted to jerkbait fishing than me. But this time of year when it's this cold out, uh, or the water's this cold, the temperatures aren't, but the water is, um, you, that bait's got to be very slow, which means uh, you need to have a very good balance on that bait for a given uh, water temperature. So let me expand on that a little bit. The jerkbait is designed to suspend, let's say, right? It's going to suspend in the water column. I mean, it's not going to float and it's not going to sink. It's going to suspend at whatever depth that you pause it at. Well, that's true. But at what water temperature is it going to suspend? Because water density changes dramatically with temperature. Geez, if you get it all the way to 32, it turns solid. It gets very dense and as it gets cold like this. So water temperature that's in the high 30s means your jerkbait is going to rise. I can almost guarantee it uh, unless you do something to add some extra weight to it to get it to hold down. So the long pause that you need to get them to bite is means your bait over the long time period is going to float up the whole time. And somebody's going to say, well, I'll counter that with fluorocarbon. I'll hold my fluorocarbon. I'll hold it down. Well, yeah, within reason, but the same thing happens there. The water is still dense, and so the fluorocarbon is not going to sink as, as much as it would normally sink either. So the best answer is to plan on weighting your jerk baits a little bit, and you can do that with sticky tape, golf club tape. Um, a company called Storm makes what's called a suspend dot. They're little sticky dots that you can put on the bottom of, of jerk baits. Uh, a little lead with, with adhesive tape stuck on one side of it, and you can stick it on the bottom of them. Like I said, the golf club weights works pretty good. The other thing you can do uh, to make your jerkbait suspend in cold water is to upsize the hooks. Either make them heavier uh, wire, which is by personal choice rather than bigger. Uh, just make the hooks on a heavier wire. So if they come with a light wire hook like most jerkbaits do, and, you want it, and it suspends perfectly in 55-degree water, but now it floats in 39-degree water, well, then I can just upsize the, the thickness of those trebles. So I'll go to a 3X or 4X strong treble, which is noticeably heavier, and that will help hold the bait down from doing from that as well. The other thing I've seen done is take lead wire that you can get in a fly tying store and then wrap the shank of the treble hooks. Typically, if you're going to put extra weight on a jerk bait, it needs to be in the front half of the bait uh, because you want it to suspend slightly nose down. Now, I'm going to give you a nuance here. This is something I learned of all the crazy things years ago from Jimmy Reese of all the, yeah, no, Skeet Reese's brother. Um, Skeet Reese, famous BASS uh, angler, won, won pretty much everything there is to win, the classic angler of the year. I believe he was just inducted in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. Well, I met his brother, and we were talking one year at ICAST, and, uh, and he is also a competitive tournament guy. And he and I were talking about very cold water jerk baiting. He's, he gave me a nuance that he said works for him, and I tried it, and it works very well. Uh, that is when the water say sub 45 degrees, a very, very, very slow sink on your jerk bait will get you more bites. And it will certainly do better than a slow rise. And in my experience, will likely out perform a consistent um, suspender as well. So in other words, when the water's this cold, I would like that thing to sink at like an inch a second. 
not a foot a second, an inch a second. So it's barely sinking. So when I give it a 20 second pause, it's going to sink 20 inches over that time. And that's enough that when fish are sitting looking at it, when it's cold weather like this, which they do, that's the beauty of the jerk bait. It's the jerk that gets their attention, but it's just sitting there. It's the proverbial sitting duck in the water comp. And when the water's really cold, like it is right now, 39, 40, 41 degrees, maybe, maybe 35 degrees, uh, that very slow sink back to the fish will definitely generate bites. It'll take fish that are, that are sitting looking and get them into biting. So I will either weight the treble hooks more or whatever, as I said, and get the bait to at least suspend in the cold water. So typically in my case, uh, I'm lucky enough that I live lakefront and have some open water right here. So I can go out and check and see does the bait float or does it not. But if you can't, um, then you can use ice water at your house for that or take this, take your sticky tape or your lead or whatever you're going to use with you when you go fish to make sure that that thing doesn't uh, float back up. And then take the bait, tie it on, just put it in the water, put it six inches under the surface right in front of you and see what it does. See, does it come back to the surface or does it go to the bottom or does it just sit there? Keeping in mind that when you put your, when it's tied to your line, your fluorocarbon leader or your fluorocarbon line, that'll hold it down a little bit, but not a lot. So keep that, keep that in mind. But anyway, if I'm going to fish a jerk bait, you need to adjust it, make sure it will suspend or even better, very, very slowly sink. And then the next thing I'm going to tell you is you need to let that bait soak. I mean, for me, a jerk bait retrieve, if it's calm out, that retreat, it might take me three or four minutes per cast to get my jerk bait back because I'm going to jerk it once or twice and then I'm going to let it sit there anywhere between about five and 30 seconds. I mean, literally 30 seconds. And it, that doesn't sound like a long time, but try to stand there and leave your bait sitting there while you're standing on the bank of a pond somewhere. It is hard to make yourself do and yet it's extremely effective if you're going to try to fish an active bait this time of year. Uh, very, very effective and would be something I would consider for sure. But I just keep in mind that you have to let it suspend. And the reason I started off saying, hey, I'm not going to talk too much about jerk baits because it's the common thing that everyone's talking about. But I wanted to correct the one thing about the fact that they need to be, they need to suspend realistically to, to get any consistency in your angling, that bait's going to need to hang there or slightly sink for long periods of time. And I won a tournament one time in, in Pueblo Reservoir that was the, known as the Icebreaker Tournament because it was in April. The lake had just barely opened up and the temperature was right at 40, 41 degrees. And my pauses were literally all in the 30-second range, which is excruciatingly slow to fish. I only caught seven fish that whole day. But I could have put the boat on the trailer after my fourth fish, and I would have won because nobody else got any caught any more than three fish because they were very lethargic. And that very slow, long pause jerk bait is the key. So you jerk it once or twice and just let it hang there as long as you can stand. And then one or two things will happen. It'll either just swim away, and your line will start pulling away, which is the most common one, which means you need to watch your line, which is another reason I use braid to a fluorocarbon leader as opposed to straight fluorocarbon, which will sink closer to you, um, you either need to watch your line to watch it just swim away, or you will feel the most subtle little tap. I mean, the most subtle little tap you have ever felt in your life, just tiniest little click on the bait. My answer with that is, if anything feels different with the jerk bait, set the hook. Because when you're talking cold water like this, 
you're not going to get a lot of bites. You're not fishing for 50 fish a day. You're fishing for a couple of fish a day. And so if you jerk the hook set and there's no fish there, who cares? Just leave your bait hanging there. It's still hanging in the water column, no different than if you worked it as a jerk bait. So hook sets are free. Use them with your jerk bait. Now, that was too much jerk bait. I really didn't even want to talk about that much in the jerk bait. But as I said, I'm a jerk bait guy. I always try to force that issue. But realistically, if I'm going to give you better advice right now, I think the best answer is a very lightweight marabou jig. And I don't get paid to say that. I don't have any marabou jig sponsors. I blah, blah, blah. It's not a bait that I talk a lot about. Uh, other than trout fishing, which I love a marabou jig for trout fishing. I don't use it for a lot of else, almost anything else, except when it's freezing cold. When it's freezing cold like this, water temperature-wise, 36, 38, 40 degrees, a marabou jig can be your friend. And I'm talking about like a crappie-sized jig for largemouth bass. I'm talking about a 16th to maybe, maybe an eighth on the outside, most likely a 16th ounce with a fair bit of marabou on it, and I'm going to let that thing sink. I'm going to throw it on as light a line as I can stomach throwing, and which that's not an issue at this time of year because the weed growth isn't up in the ponds. Uh, you're not going to get fish wrapping you and stuff. The other thing is the water is very clear uh, at this time of year because it's so uh, lacking in nutrients and, and whatever. Uh, the water is crystal clear. So... Um, you don't have to worry about getting wrapped up in stuff, and light line is going to be your friend. And that 16-ounce marabou jig on very light line is really hard to beat for, for bass. I like them in dark colors, um, olives, browns, or blacks is my most consistent. I think that goes back to watercolor um, and water clarity. But those are the colors I do best with, and the more I try to snap that thing around or do anything other than just barely move it, the less fish I catch. And it's probably the single most effective thing I can throw that I know of in water temperatures as cold as we are right now. And um, the thing about the marabou is it's not really affected by the density of the water, whereas, like, let's say you used soft plastics, a grub. Historically, grubs were famous for being good cold water smallmouth baits, but the grub gets dense uh, in the cold water. Um, it's typically, it creates a, a much more lift when you go to retrieve it, so you need to throw it on heavier weights, and da 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 Marabou, on the other hand, moves with almost no motion at all on the jig. So it can literally be sitting on the bottom, and the natural... Uh, movements of water on their own, even on a dead calm day, will make that marabou kind of breathe, so to speak. And there's a reason it's been so effective for years on flies. Um, it's a very effective thing for getting bites, especially in cold water. The only time of year I throw the marabou jig for bass is in the freezing cold water, either in the middle of winter uh, or uh, here in this time of year we're at right here, where we're kind of hung up between winter and spring. Um, the only time I ever ice fished for bass, I caught all of those bass through the ice with a marabou jig. So that should tell you something right there. But the marabou can be your friend. Again, light line, let it go all the way to the bottom and just barely lift on the rod enough to just basically drag it. If you can, if you can drag it on the surface you're on, on the bottom you're on, I would literally drag it. If not, I would get it just barely above the bottom and just what I call tickle jig, just barely get it to touch the bottom, uh, settle back to the bottom, and then just gently pick it up again, and just very slow. And if you notice, I'm even talking slow, because that's literally the mindset you have to get yourself into. Now, 
Somebody is going to point out right away, oh, well, I caught one yo-yo and a lipless crankbait the other day. Okay, I get it. Yo-yo and a lipless crankbait can be an excellent way to get lethargic fish to bite, but it's not about the fact that the fish um, are speeding up and chasing your speedy bait. It's because when you snatch it real hard one time and yo-yo it, and yo-yoing is a lift and drop, typically with a very aggressive lift, and then the bait shimmies back down. Basically, you're getting the most pure of the reaction strikes with it, and uh, a lipless crankbait or a spoon, either one, a, a small flutter spoon, can definitely work this time of year. But when it comes to consistency, from my experience, you need a nice, warm, very warm spring day for that to happen with some solar gain in the water and whatever. But if you're going out on any given day uh, this time of year to hit some of this open water, the marabou jig will catch you just as many fish. And if they'll bite that, that marabou jig, or that, excuse me, that lipless crankbait on a yo-yo, you'll catch three times as many of them on the, on the marabou jig most of the time because that tells me the fish are a little bit more perked up than they would otherwise be. Now, keep in mind, no matter what, you're fighting Mother Nature here. These fish are cold-blooded, and they are not designed, uh, or not happiest, I should say, in this cold water, right? Largemouth bass and smallmouth bass are both happiest in the 60 to 70-degree water range, mid-60s to low-70s range. So 39 degrees is not fun for them at all, whereas a trout is maybe optimized for 45-degree water, and he's perfectly happy in 39-degree water. So it comes down to the difference in the fish. But when you're talking about catching largemouth, a very slow, methodical presentation this time of year will typically get you your best bites. Another one that I think works pretty good that I would consider for this time of year is a tube jig. If you guys are fans, you know I throw tube jigs a lot all year round, but a tube jig is, a, is something that I'm gonna literally drag on the bottom. I will typically uh, go ahead and Texas rig, uh, something like a two and a half inch power tube, a little tiny one, and put it on a little EWG hook and Texas rig it with like an eighth or 16th ounce sinker in front of it. And then I will literally drag that on the bottom as slow as I can make myself drag it. And that can work very well uh, for getting some bass as well uh, at this time of year. But those are basically the only things I'll throw. I'll either throw the lipless crankbait uh, or jerkbait is one of the two more aggressive things. And then for the less aggressive things, I'm going to throw the marabou jig or the tube jig. And those are really the only choices that, that I will even carry for this time of year uh, as, as far as trying to get some bonus bassing in. So I'll throw out a couple spots too. What am I looking for? One of my favorite things to, to fish is at this time of year, if it's available on whatever pond I'm, I'm around, is going to be riprap. Uh, particularly if it faces south or west because it will get sun and uh, that sun will warm those rocks and it will create a little bit of, of warm water right up against the, the um, rocks themselves and the fish will get right up tight to them. And, and it's easy to see because if you look, you'll see when there was ice on the lake, there's typically going to be a foot or two of open water up against those rocks because of the solar gain that the rocks gather above water and transmit into the water and keep it from freezing right there. Well, that also is indicative of what happens when the water's liquid, only now that's warm. There's a foot or foot and a half of warm water right up against those rocks, and the bass will sit right on those. So I either work the long suspending jerk bait out in front of it and let it suspend for a long time. Like I said, as long as you can stand which requires calm water. Uh, because if the wind's blowing, the bait won't suspend there. The wind will pull your line, the current will keep it from suspending, and it won't work. So you need calm water for that. The 
Other thing I'll throw in that scenario is the tube jig. Again, the tube jig on a very small sinker, so it sinks slowly, and uh, and then I'll fish that around that riprap. But that's one of my favorite things to fish. And another really good one in front of riprap's is take that same marabou jig I was talking about, only not clip a bobber on the line, however many feet above it. It depends on the pond you're in. Most of the ponds around town aren't super deep, so I might be in the five or seven foot range, and I'll clip a bobber on it and throw that right in front of that riprap and just let it sit there in front of the riprap. And then that little bit of motion from the bobber will make that marabou breathe like crazy and will help you get some very subtle bites. And if you're a back east from, from uh, say, Tennessee, you're a smallmouth guy, this would be a float and fly, right? I'm just dumbing down a float and fly to where I don't have a specialized rod and reel and all that. If, if nothing else, I'll use a slip bobber with a bobber stop and have it six or eight or 10 feet above so I can cast it and then let the, let the jig pull down through the bobber to the, you know, to, as a slip bobber to whatever depth I set the bobber stop on the line at. And that can be very effective this time of year as well. And it's basically the ultimate at leaving your bait in one spot, right? You've got perfect depth control. Your bait's just sitting right there. And, um, and incidentally, if there's other species in the pond and you do it that way, you have a good shot at catching them. Last spring, we had a weird trend in early March and I went out and I got two carp to bite that marabou jig under a float, basically a float and fly setup like that, which was, was that my target species? No, it wasn't out there carp fishing, but it was interesting that they were roaming through the middle of the water column, same as the bass will be. Uh, and we're willing to pick that up. I've also caught quite a few trout doing the same thing, and uh, and they'll just, because if they're in the same lake, my home lake here's got lots of trout in it, lots of smallmouth. If you put a float and fly out trying to catch smallmouth uh, or a marabou jig, you're going to catch some trout along the ways, and that's part of the deal. Same with the tube jig. But the long suspending jerkbait, they don't seem to mess with in the wintertime. So hard to say on that one. But at any rate, uh, focus, Chad. It's not just the riprap. Riprap's first place I'm going to look at anywhere that there's running water coming in uh, to the whatever pond it is, if there's any running water. I don't care if it's running down the gutter of the street and then running down the hill and dumping out into the pond. Any kind of water that's running into any of these ponds will definitely bring some dissolved oxygen and will potentially be warmer because it's surface water and it will potentially be a good spot to fish. So that's something I'm always going to look for uh, as well. And I'm looking at dark bottoms, if at all possible. Like if the, if the like a couple of gravel quarries around here have very light sandy colored bottoms in parts of the pond. That's not where I'm going to go this time of year. I might go there at other times of year on purpose, but this time of year I'm looking for dark bottoms, if anything, uh, because I want the solar gain on the bottom of the pond, and that's going to be really important. And if there's any sign of uh, vegetation dying, like slimy, yucky vegetation that's still dying, that hasn't already died for the year, I'm staying away from that. That's going to be important to keep in mind as that stuff will rob the water of dissolved oxygen, and fishing, you know, 30, 40, 50 feet away from any of that stuff will make a better difference uh, than fishing right around it. So I'll, I'll literally move to maybe a different corner. Uh, one of the ponds I fish has a distinct corner with a weed bed in it. I was there the other day. The corner uh, had still some of the deep weeds that were really tall from this summer that were still rotting. And I did not catch any fish there. I went to the other corner of the pond. 50 yards away and caught them pretty good. So there, they didn't get the excessive weed growth because it's more shady there. So, uh, which you would think would be counterintuitive in the winter, but um, but the weeds, the dying weeds, put put off, um, just deprived the water of dissolved oxygen, for lack of a better way to put it. So, 
Uh, yes, you can go catch some bass, and yes, I recommend you do it. I recommend you fish as slow as you can make yourself fish. I also like smaller than average baits at this time of year. I don't think that fish are going to metabolize uh, a big meal. I can tell you that any one fish would do any one thing, but this podcast, like all of my podcasts, are based on consistency. I want anything that I talk about is is ways that have proven to me to be consistent, and any day, you can have one day in the middle of wintertime where they'll bite a crankbait, fantastic, or spinnerbait, whatever. But by and large, if you want to be consistent, small, subtle, and slow are going to be your, your single biggest keys to fishing at this time of year with water temperature at its lowest temps of the year while still being liquid water. So we may even get another freeze that puts ice caps back on the lake, um, which I kind of hope doesn't happen, but I think that's quite possible as well. It's been such a crazy winter, but I, I can't even remember the last time I could get out and bass fish in, in the middle of February at most of the ponds in town. And, uh, and that's why I kind of want to bring it up in this podcast. So anywhere in the West, I think you may be seeing the same thing. So I appreciate you guys listening to this episode, kind of been all over the board. Uh, it's Friday afternoon, and I, I do appreciate it very much. If you guys want to join the conversation, please do so at Fishful Tinker on Facebook, Instagram, or tw- uh, TikTok. And definitely the YouTube channel at Fishful Tinker. We'd appreciate you checking that out and subscribing while you're there. If that's not where you're listening to this already, please, please, please hit the subscribe button. And uh, lastly, check in at World Fishing Network and Altitude Sports and Entertainment see what we're up to next week. So thanks for listening. This has been Fishful Thinker, the podcast. Mm-hmm.